Are you ready to experience the rich interconnection of spirituality, orientation, and identity? If so, plan to attend Liberating Your Divine Identity, a retreat at Unity Village during Pride Month, June 9th to the 12th. This soul-filled retreat is facilitated by LGBTQIA plus Unity Ministers with workshops and ceremonies to cultivate a deeper awareness of our spiritual nature. Register at unityvillage.org forward slash I am divine 2022. Providing insight and resources for your spiritual journey. Unity Online Radio. Thank you for tuning in for this Unity Partner Program. Unity Online Radio partners with spiritual leaders from organizations whose mission and messages complement Unity's. We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to the Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, offering insights and practices for spiritually conscious living today. With Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien from the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment in San Jose, California. To ask questions or join in the discussion, email us at the Yoga Hour at UnityOnlineRadio.org. Now, here's your host, Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien. Namaste, reverence to the divine within you. Welcome to the Yoga Hour. And let's take this time to practice yoga in its highest sense, which is the practice of remembering that right where we are, that eternal divine reality already is radiant within our own hearts, within our own minds, within our own being, all around us and within us. Yoga, of course, means oneness, union or unity, bringing our attention and our awareness to abide in that essential spiritual nature, knowing that and living in harmony with it. And today we have um, a beautiful blessing. We have Mark Nepo with us, and we're, we're going to have the opportunity to talk about the role of poetry on the spiritual path of awakening, the spiritual path of remembrance. Mark Nepo moved and inspired readers all over the world with his number one New York Times bestseller, The Book of Awakening. He's beloved as a poet, teacher, and storyteller, and there's good reason for that. Uh, Mark has been called one of the finest spiritual guides of our time. Uh, His work is widely accessible and used by many um, for their healing and inspiration, and his books have been translated into more than 20 languages. He's published 15 books and recorded nine audio projects. Last time Mark was on the Yoga Hour, we were focused on his book, The Endless Practice, and today we're going to be drawing from some of his poetry books, especially from Reduced to Joy, and I want to let you know that he has um, a new book uh, that's revised with new material called Inside the the Miracle. Um, He's been a featured guest on the Emmy Award-winning series Super Soul Sunday with Oprah Winfrey and is also featured in the film The Power of the Heart. Um, So you can find out more about Mark, and I encourage you to do that. Just visit marknepo.com. Welcome, Mark. We're so happy to have you back with us today. Oh, thank you. It's great to be with you, and I'm really excited that we can delve into poetry today. And before we delve into words, let's take a moment to um, practice the silence as much as we can on the radio. So (laughs) we'll take a little moment to meditate and just center ourselves. moment, let's consciously breathe and just feel the breath as we breathe. Become present 
in this moment to ourselves, connecting heart and mind in divine remembrance. So feel the air coming in and as you do, feel that you are simply diving within into the ocean of divine consciousness, into divine remembrance. And as you breathe out, just let go. Let go of any stress in the body, any worries in the mind. Let the mind go on thinking, doing what it does, but know that below that, true self is ever shining in its way. With each breath, become aware of that. Let your awareness expand and expand. Feel the peace that is within you. Beyond all words and thoughts, beyond change and phenomena. And then as we touch that peace within us in this tiny moment, let's remember it's always there. And any time we can breathe our way into it, breathe our way into remembrance and just let go. So let's remember to take that peace with us now into our day or evening ahead. Abide in it and let it overflow as a blessing for all beings everywhere. Om. Peace. Amen. So today, as I said, we are so blessed to... have Mark Nepo with us and to have the opportunity to uh, speak a little bit about poetry, but mostly to hear it. Um, And we're going to begin in this segment talking about poetry and love and longing, longing for healing, for wholeness, to, um, to awaken spiritually. In our last conversation uh, with Mark, we were able to include some uh, poems from his book, Reduced to Joy, uh, here on the Yoga Hour, and that that just sparked my um, yearning, really, to hear more of Mark's work and to hear him read it. So today we're going to do just that. And, um, you know, poetry uses words to take us beyond words, you know, beyond thought, into the heart of the present moment of experience, of into the mystery, the presence of the one. And Mark, I've noticed, um, even in your prose works, you know, in your books where you're talking about healing and spiritual practice, um, there are often poems woven in. And as I read your poems, of course, um, I feel blessed that you've let us in on your, uh, your journey, how can I say it, of becoming uh, a full human being and, you know, touching the heart of spirituality in the process. So let's begin um, just by talking a moment about how how you see poetry as, um, you know, what it does for us. <laughs> yeah, thank you. You know, and I think that, you know, for me... Poetry is the unexpected utterance of the soul. It's not the words on the page. And you don't have to have a degree or um, even be experienced at writing. We're, we're all poets. It's how the heart utters itself. And so I, <clears throat> I've really come to, you know, the, the words are the trail of that moment of opening. And, and actually, you know, for me, um, the poems uh, are places where I discover the poems and they become my teachers. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, if I only wrote what I understood, I would write very little. <laughs> and you know? it wouldn't be as interesting as what you write. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I follow my heart and I follow a feeling, an image, a question, a moment, and then I trust where it leads, and then I'm often surprised at where it goes, and I need to be in conversation with that afterwards so that I can keep keep growing. So, so yeah, the poems are the trail, and as you said, they, they, point, they point to what can't be said. In fact, it's really 
I think it's a paradox, but it's the beautiful one about all art. But, you know, the only thing worth writing about are the things that are un, unexpressible. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> that is so true. And I, I experienced that so deeply uh, in your work, you know, the way in which you follow that thread of, you know, something that comes and shines, you know, in the field of your awareness. And then we follow it with you. And it takes us uh, to a deeper place. But there is, you know, through it all, um, you know, sometimes you write about pain and suffering and, of course, sometimes about joy and discovery. Um, But there's always... Uh, a sense of wonder and uh, a, a kind of divine curiosity, you know, that we all have um, that that allows us to see something shining um, through it all. So, if you're ready, you know, let's sure. let's dive in, and okay. I, I would love to ask you to read your um, your poem from uh, Reduced to Joy. Uh, called Breaking Trance. Sure, sure. There we go. Breaking Trance. It's raining lightly, and the sheep are standing in the wet field, stopped by beads of water from the sky on their ears, their eyes, their mouths. They look like statues breaking their trance. Alive for the first time, they wonder... What is this magical place where the very air kisses you everywhere? Falling in love with the world is like this. Mm. Uh, So, you know, when we hear a poem like that, of course, I think one of the best responses we can have is to breathe (laughs) and and to really... Um, take it in and you know you've given us so much that we can feel we can feel this moment with you and of course you know we become the statues uh, breaking our trance uh, in that in well, that and moment the, and the beauty and the, 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 ma- the messy majesty of being human is that we do this repeatedly you know being engaged in the world we we forget, we forget that water falls from the sky. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah, the wonder, and it's not to blame ourselves; it's to return to it. Mm-hmm. There's always a practice of return, and perhaps I guess I, I believe the the older I get, that the essence of spiritual practice is to develop a personal practice of return, because being human and being engaged, you know, we. We forget the miracle, and then we're suddenly stopped by uh, by sheep on the side of the road, mm-hmm. rain on them. And and I think that's the the real lesson of this is that we're asked to fall in love with the world over and over and over again. Yes, and that and that falling in love in such a way that it opens us. You know, it and it helps us remember. Uh, I, I'm going to offer a poem now that. Um, yours, you know, with the mist uh, brought up for me. And um, this is an unpublished poem of mine called Remembering the Ocean. In the late afternoon, the wind and the redwood trees get together and talk about the ocean. In the late afternoon, the wind and the redwood trees get together and talk about the ocean. They are remembering the mist that arrived before dawn. Call it manna or grace. The trees make a vow to stand all night so they won't miss it. Mm. That's wonderful. Thank you. You know, here in California, of course, we have this. uh, I live in California and we do have the redwood trees. And there is something that happens, you know, that uh, the trees actually, you know, drink in that moisture from the fog, and um, and there's a and they stand so tall and they stand together. So there's so much that they tell us about, you know, living and uh, being awake to this graceful 
uh, presence. And you know, there's something else about your poem that, that's that's helpful that we should should note uh, for everyone, and and that is that you know what poetry does, and and again, poetry is unfiltered, authentic expression. It it removes also our want as human beings to place ourselves as more alive than everything else, mm. to place ourselves above or distanced. And so, you know, in the voice of your poem and what, what our unfiltered attention does is it makes us equal with all other life. The trees are alive. The, the wind is alive. The waves are alive. They're in conversation. And once we regain that perspective now all of a sudden we have teachers everywhere mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and we're <laughs> helped we're helped by them in this in this path of in this path of remembrance you know i'm i'm thinking about in of course in in the tradition of yoga um poetry usually shows up in um the way of bhakti yoga the way of divine love and divine remembrance and it's often a dance of um you know remembering and forgetting you know which is of course our journey you know it was part of what you're pointing to that everything can help us remember you know and wake up and um in the bhakti path there's often poems of longing um and it's it's paradoxical because the longing is actually the evidence of the presence it's you know it's it's quite delicious in the sense that you know we wouldn't wouldn't long for that which we didn't already have some sense of so um here's here's just a little short poem about a longing uh it's called i'm looking for some hidden sweetness that's the first line I'm looking for some hidden sweetness. I open a book and read a few words. They are dust particles in the morning light, swirling in an invisible current, weightless. Not one word sinks into my heart. One bite out of every chocolate in the box, and I'm still searching. So, you know, that's how it is sometimes <laughs> that we're, we're looking, you know, we're looking for it. Um, but, of course, the bhakti path says, you know, it's helpful to know that that searching is inspired by the presence itself and by grace itself. Well, let me, uh, th- th- moves me to share a poem uh, about teachers. Um, it's called Lineage. Mm. And... Um, and this is from a book that I'm working on called The Way Under the Way, uh, not yet published. Old friends, old teachers, I never meant to crowd you out. At first I would drop anything when you would appear. And then it was the noise of the world that made me save you for a more sacred time. It was obstacle after obstacle that drew my attention while I kept you like a prize for a quiet, simple day. Mm. No one told me to make this separation. I just started to keep what matters from what needs to be done. I began a life of clearing debris in order to live in the open, but there is always more debris. And after all these years, you've never failed me always waiting in the noise, in the pain, in the thing to be cleared. Mm. 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 Wow. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to sign up for that one when it comes out, Mark. Oh, it's just you. exquisite. So, you know, this tendency we have to se- try to separate what we, quote-unquote, what matters from what needs to be done. Well, um, and I think, I think, um, and I don't know, are we all close to a break? Should I save this? No, go ahead and say this, oh, and then we'll go to the break. Thank okay. you. Well, I think this is a very important thing that, that happens along in the spiritual journey. When we discover what matters, we very naturally try to protect it, and... But humbly, at least that I've discovered in my life, it's what matters that protects us. 
Mm-hmm. You know, so I had a very powerful dream uh, in the last four or five years that has been just a very, very instructive, a teacher for me. And in the dream, I was protecting my soul. I was standing, you know, when you protect something, you're standing with your back to it and you're kind of on guard at what might approach. And suddenly in the dream, my soul kind of tapped me on the shoulder and said, um, actually, I'm protecting you. And could you turn around so we could actually have more face time? Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm. Wow, that is that is just exquisite. And what an invitation uh, to turn around and face the soul. And, you know, I can't resist saying, you know, there we are, that's yoga. You know, turn around, <laughs> face the uh-huh. soul, and be present with it. And when we come back from the break... Um, We'll dive into some of the um, ways in which life and poetry can really open us in in difficult times. And we're going to talk about the divine reality that permeates the world and all of our experience. I'm Yogacharya O'Brien, and uh, our special guest today is Mark Nepo, poet, storyteller, spiritual teacher, and author of many books, um, including one we're drawing from today, Reduced to Joy, Book of Poems, and uh, a soon-to-be-released book, Inside the Miracle. So we'll be right back uh, after this short break. Unity Online Radio brings you inspiring programs on a variety of spiritual topics. Giving to the network is now easier than ever. Simply text Unity Radio to 72727 from your smartphone. You can make a one-time or recurring donation. Your gifts help us offer enriching spiritual programs that reach listeners around the world. Text Unity Radio to 72727. Thank you for your support. Reverend Paulette Pipe's voice has been called mesmerizing, the sound of spirit expressing in soothing honey tones. If you're one of the loyal listeners who tune in each week for her program, Touching the Stillness, you already know the power of her meditations. If her programs leave you wanting more, purchase one or both of her meditation CDs, Touching the Stillness, her first CD, and the newly released Resting in Stillness. This latest CD combines Paulette's alchemic voice with an original score by pianist Kelly Hunt and will transport you to a place of divine peace. Enliven your meditations with Reverend Paulette Pipe as your guide and take her soothing voice and peaceful presence with you wherever you go. Get your copy today. Go to www.unity.org and then click on Shop. That's www.unity.org and click on Shop at the top of the page. truly understand the laws of the universe and live a life based on these profound and unwavering truths, then your dream life starts today. No more waiting. No more wandering. If you're ready to let go of the striving and move into the allowing, you are ready for everyday attraction on Unity Online Radio. We study the teaching of Abraham given to us by beautiful Esther Hicks, So we can release confusion for clarity, exchange struggle for serenity, and have the time of our lives today. Join host Ray Zander every Friday at noon Central Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, on Unity Online Radio for Everyday Attraction, where the law of attraction gets real. Listening to the Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, with Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien. We now return to the Yoga Hour. 
Welcome back to the Yoga Hour. I'm Yogacharya O'Brien, and we're joined today by poet, storyteller, author, and spiritual teacher Mark Nepo. And please visit Mark's site, marknepo.com. And, you know, yoga philosophy uh, teaches us that there's one power, one reality that is expressing it as everything that is, including us, everyone, and everything that we experience. And one um, effect of living from that awareness is that everything, as we were sort of pointing to in that first section about how um, nature can speak to us, so everything becomes sacred, everything becomes holy, and we can feel connected to and a part of all. Um, but sometimes, you know, we get so caught up in our everyday activities um, as you so beautifully referenced in that poem, you know, the tension between what matters and what needs to be done. Sometimes we get so caught up in that, you know, what needs to be done part that we can lose the sense of the sacred. And, of course, poetry helps us remember this um, divine reality right where we are. And, Mark, many of your poems and mine uh, are about family, um, about grief, loss, suffering, and the mystery, really, that shines through all of that. And um, I thought we'd start off um, with some poems about the very important relationship for so many of us, which is relationship with Father. And um, we, we both have written about our relationships uh, with our fathers and uh, and poems from the end of their life um which you know provided such an opening um for us and i said this uh relationship with our fathers leaves traces you know in our hearts and in our minds so i'll begin with one uh about uh, my father as he was getting ready to leave this um realm the title of the poem is compassion lets me see you um and, and that was the opening for me because it was so hard for me to see him, you know, all the years of his life until just before the end, I could see him finally. Uh, and so this poem is called Compassion Lets Me See You. Cancer broke the locks of your anger, burned through the hinges of your control. Words burst into flame, leapt from your mouth like wild horses in a fire. That frightened even you. Listen to me, you said. Why did I say that? You shake your head in disbelief. The wild horse drinking from a stream, grazing in an open meadow. A little light comes through the hospital window. You say, if I keep on like this, everyone will be gone. Mm, Thank you. Mm. Yeah, those are powerful, powerful openings, aren't they? Mm -hmm. Very much so. And, you know, in this scenario, of course... um, you know, my father was uh, of a different generation, you know, where uh, it wasn't uh, an exercise to talk about feelings very much. <laughs> and so he didn't do that. And um, and so when he got to the end of his life, you know, the feelings were really there and he didn't know how to keep them at bay anymore. And, um, and but of course, you know, that's what was part of the opening between us and allowed me to actually see him and to see his vulnerability. Mm-hmm. But it came very late, you know, like that light just coming through the hospital window. Um, and it, and you have also this beautiful poem, uh, well, you have many poems about your father, um, but this yeah. one that, that I would like you to read... Um, that really moved me as if, as if to say, yeah, you know, my, my father, and this was, he, he died a year and a half ago at the age of 93. And that last year was kind of a slow avalanche to his death. And, you know, we had during my kind of, uh, you know, middle years, um, we were estranged, but I was estranged from both he and my mother. And, and the last, 
probably eight years of his life, we reconnected and became very close. And and I think one thing, other thing I'd say before reading this is that, um, you know, it's so, so interesting that the children, parents get, you know, my parents were children of the Great Depression. They were very uh, smart, well-read, but very uh, literal-minded, very um, grounded in surface reality. And so, of course, they get a poet for a son. <laughs> and, uh, so there was always a certain part that I don't know that, you know, they they knew what to do with me. And, um, and you know, my father, though, knew that I always kind of looked into a space that he didn't really know what was there. But in this poem and toward the end of his life, we kind of we kind of met there, which I was very grateful for. So this is called As If to Say. After his fourth stroke, he's given up trying to speak. And for the first time, he doesn't know me. Like a worker trapped in a mine, he looks up as if I'm a stranger happening on the scene. His eyes are wider than one life can bear. I take his hand and say, I'm your son. He looks about as if to say, am I still here? I collapse into a free fall as the bird in my heart that has followed his voice falls into the canyon we both have bridged. Later, he's back. Later, he's back behind his eyes. He grips my hand fiercely, looking at me, knowing me more deeply than I can remember. In that moment, I am certain he understands everything. I've wanted this depth between us my whole life. He can no longer pull his fear up around him, his body breaking away piece by piece. Wordlessly, we have the conversation of a lifetime. He won't let go of my hand or veer his gaze. The TV across the hall is blaring. The nurse drops a pan in the hall. And my father, on the cliff before eternity, lies on his side, looking through me into the sun. Mm. Uh, um, It's hard for me to say what my favorite part of that poem is, but certainly... um, when you say later he is back behind his eyes, you know, we, we all can feel that. I think anyway, I can feel it, you know, what it's like when you connect with someone and they are actually present, <laughs> you know, they are there, um, behind the eyes. So that is such a powerful line. And, and because we're on the radio, I want to say that the last line where you say my father, uh, on the cliff before eternity lies on his side looking through me into the sun. There's a beautiful um, uh, double meaning of that last word, sun, you know, which oh. you have written as S-U-N. Yes, um, yes. You know, looking into the light of, uh, e- e- you know, eternity. But, of course, he's also looking into the sun, S-O-N. Um, and so... Well, the thing, yes, that's fascinating, and I hadn't even seen that. And, you know, the thing that was so powerful and so humbling about that, and, and, and this is a great example, that moment was the poem. Uh-huh. These are just notes. That moment was the poem. And, you know, it was so amazing and humbling that within a 24-hour period, for the first time, he was, he didn't know who I was. And then not only was he back, but he was back in that moment. He was back in a deeper consciousness than was typically where my father resided. Mm. And all of a sudden I felt like without words, he was looking at me saying, now I know where you have been living. Mm -hmm. And, and I just said to him, I know dad, I know. Mm-hmm. And it's okay, I know. Mm. And he, he realized, I felt completely certain that he realized he was on the edge of his life between life and death. He wasn't just in a hospital. He wasn't just in a room. And of course, that eternity is always underlining 
everything, the pan dropping in the hall, the TV blaring, my brother and my mother talking at, at the foot of the bed, the wind on the rattling the window. It's always underlining everything. Mm-hmm. This is the purpose of our of our unfiltered attention and the, the poetry of our perception is to uncover that ever present divine reality. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as you describe that scene, Mark, and, you know, say it's the notes, you know, I just had the image come to me that, you know, when you're writing, um, you're really writing this uh, symphony, <laughs> you know, with with all the sounds and uh, everything that is going on, but it's pointing to the music of the moment, uh, which is that, that deep uh, connection. So... Um, I'll bring another poem here. This is one that I wrote uh, many years ago. And my uh, daughter, who was in her 20s at the time, uh, had an aneurysm in her brain. And she was hovering uh, really on the edge of uh, death. And uh, we didn't know if she would survive or not. And I want to say that she did. And, you know, we all rejoice in that. And she's well. And... um, continues to be well but in that moment we didn't know and she was in uh she was on life support and uh in a coma for a period of time so this poem is called lazarus girl i called you lazarus girl when after four days and nights you walked out of death's tomb i could see your face shining through the grave clothes it was then i wept Every mother tells herself, if only I had been there, this would not have happened. And so at your bedside I prayed, please God, let me be here now. When the nurse invited me to bathe you before the surgery, I knew I was given a second chance, and I took it. There was not one part of you I left unblessed, unnoticed, or unloved. I bathed you wholly as if for the first and the last time. And I was satisfied in that moment of loving you, that if love itself had the power to roll the stone away and shout, Come forth, my hands that touched your body with the heart's full attention, had surely spoken the word. Mm. Mm. What a moment. What a moment. Mm -hmm. So as you say, you know, everyone um, there, every sound... Every person, you know, there uh, contributed to the potential for really connecting uh, in that moment. The nurse, you know, God bless her, she just, she had the some awareness to say, you know, this this girl's mother is here. You know, would you? Would you like to do the bathing before the surgery? And, you know, not knowing if I would ever see my daughter again, um, you know, that was a moment for a ritual. And, of course, remembering bathing her when she was first born and then bathing her at this time um, and the love permeating it all is uh, a deep blessing. And so uh, we're going to conclude this uh, segment in just a moment. So, Mark, if you have a poem handy um, and you're willing, let's conclude this segment with something from you. Yeah, this, this is from Reduced to Joy. And it's a poem, I think, fitting for what we just been talking about. Because, you know, we are the conduits between everything that happens and we... We, we, you know, separated into good and bad and difficult and easy. And it's life presenting itself in its thousand forms. And this is, this is called, where is God? Mm. 
It's as if what is unbreakable, the very pulse of life, waits for everything else to be torn away. And then, in the bareness that only silence and suffering and great love can expose, it dares to speak through us and to us. It seems to say, if you want to last, hold on to nothing. If you want to know love, let in everything. If you want to feel the presence of everything, well, stop counting the things that break along the way. Mm. <laughs> um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask, that was just so wonderful, Mark. I don't even want to talk about it, but I would love to hear it again. Would you read it again? Oh, sure. Sure. Where is God? It's as if what is unbreakable, the very pulse of life, waits for everything else to be torn away. And then, in the bareness that only silence and suffering and great love can expose, it dares to speak through us, and to us. It seems to say, if you want to last, hold on to nothing. If you want to know love, let in everything. If you want to feel the presence of everything, well, stop counting the things that break along the way. You've just heard a beautiful poem from the book Reduced to Joy, read by the author Mark Nepo. I'm Yogacharya O'Brien. You're listening to the Yoga Hour, and we will be right back with you, taking another uh, heart-opening look into the indescribable essence of being. We'll be right back. Now available, you pray, the free prayer app from Silent Unity. For more than a century, people from all over the world and all walks of life have turned to Silent Unity. With you pray, our confidential prayer support is easy and convenient to access. With you pray, you can send your prayer directly to Silent Unity. You pray also includes affirmations you can share with family and friends, plus audio meditations for your prayer time. For more about the free you pray app and links to download, Visit silentunity.org slash app. That's silentunity.org slash app. At the base of all life is the infinite wellspring of source. And each of us has a unique way of expressing that source as an individualized soul. Do you enjoy the company of inspiring people who are living on purpose? Do you want to live joyfully attuned to your own unique soul expression? Host Reverend Kristen Powell welcomes you to join the gathering of souls who live this way. You'll meet artists, naturalists, and other soulful expressions that will inspire you to call forth the most alive, passionate version of yourself. Get into the natural stream of your own soul by tuning into Soul Stream live every Wednesday at noon Central Time on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Listening to the Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, with Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien. If you have a question, please submit it via email at the Yoga Hour at UnityOnlineRadio.org and we will respond. Now, back to the Yoga Hour. Welcome back to the Yoga Hour. I just want to take a moment to um, thank uh, Unity Online Radio for the opportunity to have this program uh, and Jeff Comfort in their sound room <laughs> that uh, makes it possible because here we are, you know, with this um, beautiful opportunity to 
uh, hear Mark Nepo and his uh, poems uh, to open into um, just touching the light of uh, love and grace and divine power and presence in the moment, which, you know, poetry uh, uses words. Um, as Mark said earlier in the program, they're just the notes of the experience, <laughs> that uh, the experience are, is not the words, but the notes can help us uh, reconnect to it. Um, so, Mark, let's begin this um, segment with another poem from you as we're sort of touching once again on that indescribable essence of being. Yeah, this is a poem that really came uh, on the other side of my cancer experience uh, when I was just kind of you know, thrown like Jonah out of the mouth of a whale back into life and everything was wonderfully and disorientingly ordinary but a glow. <laughs> And it's called Surviving Has Made Me Crazy. I eat flowers now, and birds follow me. I open myself like an inlet, and dolphin energy swim on through. Wherever I go, I remain silent, and the silence begins to glow till one eye in the light outsees two in the dark. When asked, I now hesitate, for there are so many ways to love the earth. I water things now constantly, water the hearts of dead friends with light, the sores of the living with anything warm, water the skies with a thousand affections, and follow the voices of animals into grasses that move like ocean. I eat flowers now, and birds come. I eat care and things to love arrive. I eat time. And as I age, whatever I swallow grows timeless. I eat and undie and water my doubts with silence. And birds come. Mm. (laughs) So that whole... The whole thing, the experience, coming through the experience, seeing uh, in a new way, uh, so beautiful. Well, it's, it's you know, amazing to, that, and this is the paradox that, uh, and I've been kind of exploring at least this expression of it recently, is that we are at once, you know, the heart is the most is the strongest muscle we have and when it's working we are incredibly sensitive so when the heart is working we experience both wonder and and suffering and love and difficulty it feels unbearable but that's a sign that the heart's working mm-hmm. and yet underneath that deep sensitivity that unbelievable sensitivity the heart is unbreakable. So we are at once, we experience, we, it feels unbearable when we're fully alive in any direction, but we're close to that essential reality that's unbreakable. Mm-hmm. Yes. And really what we experience uh, as the breaking of the heart is the opening of the heart. <laughs> Uh, it opening into its vast, you know, and when I say heart, of course, I mean our essence of being, you know, that we, we, we feel like our heart is breaking, but, um, you know, a, a woman once shared with me, you know, who was going through such a difficult time, and, and she said she was just feeling like her, her heart was breaking apart, you know, and she said she developed a mantra for herself that every time she felt that pain, and she would say to herself, heart opening. And I thought, oh, <laughs> what a beautiful way to be with it, you know, heart opening. Um, to really that, as you say, which cannot be broken, um, but it certainly can open. And, the, you know, the scriptures have the beautiful um, teachings about, you know, having a heart of stone and, you know, the prayer to have a living heart, you know, a heart that is, as you say, in a sense, watered, <laughs> that comes to life, that comes alive. And, well, and 
Yeah, another paradox that's that's very touching that I've experienced, I think, is common, is that, you know, when, when the heart breaks, um, the tears that that generates somehow water the break and we grow. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. And, you know, I don't know why that is, but it sure feels that that is how it is. <laughs> Yeah, I think, you know, it it has been that way for me and, you know, all the work that I did to try to keep life out, um, you know, anything that could harm or hurt, um, you know, I discovered that what I was keeping out, you know, was in a sense life itself and my own aliveness. And as you so beautifully pointed out, you know, about the dream, uh, you know, we think we're protecting ourselves. <laughs> the soul, you know, the whole time is saying, you know, turn around, turn around, you know, uh, be, it's okay, you know, be awake, let this in. And, uh, you know, I am, I am always, uh, here. So I'm gonna read, uh, just a short poem about, in a sense, about the heart, about being present. This is, uh, the, the first line is, in the heart is a well. So we'll, we'll call it that. In the heart is a well filled with the sound of silence. In the heart is a well filled with the sound of silence. Drink from it. One taste changes everything. How do I know? The day I stopped sitting on the edge and fell in told me this. <laughs> well, that's wonderful. There are lots of ways that we fall in. And um, so, Mark, you know, we have uh, a few minutes left here in the program, and um, we would love to hear from you some reading as we draw close to our time of conclusion here. Yeah, let, let me share a poem. It's a short poem, so I'll read it twice. And it's actually the, the closing poem to the new book, Inside the Miracle. Um, it's called The Sway of It All. And so I lift my face from the mud, the mud of my past, the mud of history, the thick and ragged bark of how we think everyone but our own darkness is the enemy. I lift my face like a worn planet spinning on itself to get back into the light to say to no one, to everyone, it is an honor to be alive. Mm. Mm. The sway of it all. And so I lift my face from the mud, the mud of my past, the mud of history, the thick and ragged bark of how we think everyone but our own darkness is the enemy. I lift my face like a worn planet spinning on itself to get back into the light to say to no one, to everyone, it is an honor to be alive. Beautiful, Mark. Thank you so much. And thank you so much for bringing uh, your voice, your poems um, today. And I, I you know, as you began uh, with the first segment, you know, talking about poetry and how um, that gift of poetry is really um, something that everyone has because it's a way of deep listening to our experience, um, to life, and in a sense, uh, following that thread or taking notes <laughs> and... Um, you know, feeling that honor and that blessing of being alive. And um, so I want to um, tell our listeners to stay tuned to your work and to um, watch for the appearance of Inside the Miracle. Um, this was a book, as I understand, uh, that you first wrote 30 years ago. And uh, now it is... Uh, coming back with all your years of experience and with new um, material. Yes, yes, expanding it greatly, and I'm blessed to have that opportunity. And I thank you for uh, letting me be a part of this your good work, and thanks, Jeff, for your help here, too. And um, 
So I want to remind you about Mark's uh, website. It's marknepo.com. And there's a previous yoga hour with Mark from October 2nd, 2014, that's called Becoming Who You Were Born to Be. And there's also uh, an article, a transcript uh, taken from that that's in the current issue of Enlightenment Journal magazine, which you can read free online. If you go to csecenter.org, you'll find the magazine and the um, conversation with Mark, the transcript from that posted there. Um, I look forward to being with you uh, next week. Um, our guest is going to be Dr. Carrie Demers, a medical director of the Total Health Center at the Himalayan Institute, and she's board member of the International Association of Yoga Therapists. And actually, I think uh, Dr. Trujillo is going to be uh, having that conversation with Dr. Demers <laughs> next week. So I know uh, you'll be happy to hear from the two of them. Remember to subscribe to the Yoga Hour at iTunes if you're not already a subscriber. Help us get the word out. And I look forward to you next time. I'm back here on the Yoga Hour with you. And remember, uh, until then, to keep letting that beautiful light that you are shine into the world. Share your peace and your joy with everyone that you meet. Again, uh, thank you, Mark. Uh, we're deeply blessed with your presence and your words this morning. Thanks for being with us. No, you're welcome. Thank you. Bye, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to The Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, with Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien. Join us every Thursday morning at 10 a.m. Central, 8 a.m. Pacific, for practical, purposeful methods for spiritually conscious living every day. The Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. This program is brought to you in part by friends and members of the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment in San Jose, California, a ministry in the tradition of Kriya Yoga, the ancient science of self and God realization, www.csecenter.org. Request free literature by writing info at csecenter.org. The world is full of voices, advertising, television, politics, colleagues, family, and friends. All are too happy to tell us how to live. In all of that noise, it's easy to miss the one voice that matters, your own soul. What would happen if you could hear that voice? Imagine the clarity, confidence, and courage that would be yours and the life you could create. Join Janet Connor, best-selling author of Writing Down Your Soul, The Lotus and the Lily, and Your Soul Wants Five Things, as she and her guests explore how to hear the call of the soul and create the soul-directed life. Live Thursday at 1 p.m. Central, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Go inside to find. In quiet moments of prayer, let go of any concern. Anchor your trust deep in the realization that with God all things are possible. Never doubt it for a single moment. This meditative moment is brought to you by Unity. Spirit of Recovery is the place where spirituality and recovery meet, where we support your spiritual growth. Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D., interviews down-to-earth guests who share with you how they keep going and growing in recovery. Spirit of Recovery is the place to get practical tips and join in lively discussions on topics that matter to recovering people. This program welcomes everyone who wants to know more about recovery. Join Anna and her guests live every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Central Time on Spirit of Recovery, where we talk about what keeps you growing. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world.
Are you ready to experience the rich interconnection of spirituality, orientation, and identity? If so, plan to attend Liberating Your Divine Identity, a retreat at Unity Village during Pride Month, June 9th to the 12th. This soul-filled retreat is facilitated by LGBTQIA plus Unity Ministers with workshops and ceremonies to cultivate a deeper awareness of our spiritual nature. Register at unityvillage.org forward slash divine 2022 